We're going to go to verse 16, and it's a little bit of a lengthy reading, but I will not apologize for that. You are all above grade school, so you can handle it. Amen. Somebody said amen. I can handle it. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. We're going to read through chapter 6. Somebody said, whew. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Now that's a lot of fancy English that says, I used to know Jesus in the flesh, but I don't know him in the flesh anymore. Anybody know why? Come on, anybody know why you don't know Jesus in the flesh anymore? Because he's in the spirit, amen? I'm so glad I know the spirit called Christ, amen? Therefore, verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Somebody said hallelujah. Behold, all things are become new. Verse 18, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us a ministry of reconciliation. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the best part right there to bring together with Jesus. Anybody need to get together with their Lord here tonight? Anybody need to be reconciled to their Savior this evening? Hallelujah. Verse 19, to wit. Now, if you're you're listening, to wit is a fancy way of saying, listen up, I'm going to just list all the reasons how, okay? (laughs) That God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. Say, I'm an ambassador. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Verse 1 of chapter 6 says, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. I want you to listen to this. Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Today, amen? There's a divine appointment that we all have, and we if we're not tuned in to who our God is, that spirit, that same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead, we're going to miss our appointed time. Let me tell you, that's tonight, amen? Can we tune in with our God right now and just thank him? Come on, let's lift up our voices. And let's talk to our God, Lord Jesus. Tune me in with your spirit tonight. Tune me in with what you desire, Lord God. As Paul was preaching to the Corinthians, Lord God, I know you by the Spirit now, Lord God. Help me to be reconciled to you tonight, to be joined together with my Savior, Lord God. Tune me in with your will, Lord God. Help me to go forth from this place, Lord, to multiply the church, Lord, to grow what you've given me, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, speak into me, Lord God, with the power of an ambassador here tonight, Lord, to go forth, Lord God, and grab a hold of what you've got here and send it forth, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Go ahead and give your God some thanks right now. Go ahead and give him some praise. Amen. We're out of the worship. We're out of the 
the worship service, but let's keep that worship going. That don't mean we got to stop the worship of our God. Go ahead and worship him. Go ahead and lift up a hallelujah to him. Woo! He is good, isn't he? Turn your neighbor and say, he's been so good to me. Okay, turn to your other neighbor and say, and it's only going to get better. Hallelujah. You may be seated if the Lord so moves you, amen. These verses that we just read, they tell us about a God who expects every Christian to be a witness. Lift up your voice and say, I'm a witness. I'm going to make you say it until you believe it tonight. Amen. I'm a witness. That's my job. When he filled me with his spirit, guess what? Witnesser. Witnesser. We should all get little badges that say witness. Witness. You know how the Jehovah's Witnesses have the thing that say elder? Elder so-and-so? We should have our say witness. Witness Marissa. Amen. The witnesser Marissa. Witnesser Lou. Ready to witness. Amen. That's what we got to do. We are his ambassadors. There's a lot of really good stuff in this 2 Corinthians passage that I read to us. But I want to focus on this idea of being an ambassador because God is going to reveal himself through us. Through us. I've said this a few times lately, but we're all going to be little Jesuses. I'm, I'm, I don't mean to freak you out, but you're going to be a Jesus. To somebody because when you are an ambassador you hold the full authority of who you represent and we're representing that god almighty named jesus amen every one of us must remain alert and available to the will and the direction of the holy ghost when we move in our day when you wake up in the morning when you brush those teeth sister phoebe get tuned in with the holy ghost Amen. When you pour that bowl of cereal or whatever it is, that bacon, down your mouth, oh, hallelujah. Do you get that will of the Lord moving in your life? Amen. Because if we are not, we're going to miss out on that divine appointment here in 6 verse 2, the accepted time. Somebody's accepted time could be today. Amen. So 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of fear. But you know what he did give us? Spirit of power, spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. Another version puts it like this. Instead of sound mind, it says self-discipline. Whew, we need some discipline in the church, don't we? We need some discipline. We need to hold ourselves accountable to something, don't we? To a higher level. We've been talking about that. So let's talk about what, what our God is doing in us. We have a power inside of us, amen? How many of you have been filled with the Holy Ghost? If you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, you can be filled with the same power here tonight. Amen? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is that same power that runs inside your veins. Too often we as the church think, oh, that sick person's in the, in the hospital. Pastor, I need you to come pray for him. I need you to come. I can't do it myself. I'm just a, I'm just a pew sitter. The only sitter I know of is called the babysitter. Sister Laura, can I get an amen? That's right, right? There's no such thing as a pew sitter. The pew can take care of itself. Did you know that? <laughs> it doesn't need somebody to watch after it like a babysitter. We can be active too. And, and I loved the testimony that you gave, I think it was last week, Sister Virginia, 
of that breakthrough of, hey, I can pray for people too. And that, that, when, you re, when you gave that testimony, you released a power within you. And I bet you've, you've felt this since then, that there's more power flowing through your veins because I can do something. And the moment you grab a hold of that, that you've got a will, that God's got a will inside of your life, you're a powerful witness. And you're going to be a more powerful part of the kingdom here tonight. Amen. So he works inside of us. There is power working inside of us to be power witnesses. You got a pencil, you write down, I'm going to be a power witness. Not a normal witness. In, in an age where we've got superheroes running around everywhere, guess what? You can, get a, you can get an upgrade right now. You ready? You're a power witness. You're a power witness. Amen. You can tap into that new level, that new whatever it is. You're a power witness here tonight. There's no need to be timid, church. We don't need to apologize for the name of Jesus. Too often we say, I'm sorry, but, hey, I'm not sorry. My God, he's the answer. I'm not sorry. My God, he's the way, the truth, and the life. Can I get a witness? Because I got some power witnesses tonight, right? Amen? Hallelujah. Jesus desires to empower you tonight to be his representative right here. His representative. I don't know if you caught a lot of what was happening in this first verse that we read, but I want to jump to Acts 1-8 first. This, is, this sticks with me because my dad, I used to wrestle, and he, and he would try to cheer me on. Anybody been a parent? Been a parent? You want your children to succeed, right? Or you ever been, you ever seen those parents at that ball game or whatever, and they're shouting from the stands? Sister Laura, I was a coach one time, and I realized I shouted pretty loud. And later on, towards the end of the season, I realized, Sister Laura, it doesn't matter how hard I shout. They don't hear me. Or listen. Or listen. And now, now that I referee wrestling, it's even more blatant and obvious because I'm watching the kid do whatever he wants to do, and I'm watching and listening to the parent over in the, in the stand shouting what he's supposed to do. And I'm like, yeah, that's what he's supposed to do, but... <laughs> he sure didn't do it. There's a, lo- there's a lack of listening there that happens. But let me tell you something. There was a part in this verse that my dad would shout out to me, and I heard it. He would shout out, Dunamis! Dunamis! Anybody know what Dunamis means? Power. But you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That Dunamis is the same word. We get dynamite. Anybody play with dynamite? Sister Laura has. She was a rebel back in the day. No, you probably used it for farming, didn't you? Or fishing? You probably fished with... No, you're not supposed to do that. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But uh, power. And let me tell you, Lou, when I was in college, I had some fun with not not uh, dynamite, but gasoline in a jar. I made sure it was an abandoned quarry, Pastor Boyd. Because rocks don't catch on fire, Amanda. So if we threw that glass jar of gasoline into the quarry, oh, that lit up, Sister Aurora. And, you know, as a teenager, that was the most satisfying thing in the world. But let me tell you, there's power in the Holy Ghost. That Holy Ghost that you get, that you got, that is still inside of you, that's power running through your veins, amen? 
And there are many benefits to receiving the Holy Ghost, but the best one, go ahead and keep that up, Brother, Brother Calvin. He gave us power when the Holy Ghost will come on you, and you will be my witnesses. I want to focus on that right there. He gave us power to be witnesses. How many of you want to be a witness? Come on, lift up your voice. You want to be a witness for your God, amen? Come on, get, this is an active Christianity that we have in our hands here tonight, and that is to be active. There's many benefits, but let me tell you, we want to focus on the witness part right now. We're going to be a, a power witness, but we also need to have a love for the lost, amen? I'll try again, because let me tell you, if you want to grow the church, you got to love on the lost. There's an amen. There's an amen. There's an amen. By his spirit, he gives us power to love the lost, to see their needs, where they're at, to take action, to do stuff. Romans 12, 20 says, Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, walk by and say, Hopefully you're fed. Oh, no, that's not it. Never mind. If thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him a drink. Wait, did this say your friend? Marissa, did this say if your best friend's sitting there saying, I haven't eaten since 12 o'clock. I'm starving. Then you should feed him, right? No, this says your enemy, doesn't it? That person that called you a dirty name the other day. That person that spits on you because you're a Christian. That person who rebukes you behind your back. That person who spreads rumors about you. That lost person that you just love bringing up during preaching sermons because you just want them to get saved. Anybody been there? Done that? It says, if they're hurting, no, don't kick them while they're down. Lift them up. Be that Christian to them. And let me tell you, that's the hardest lesson to learn as a Christian. Pick that person up. Help them on their way. Amen? By doing this, we're going to identify with Jesus. Because what did Jesus do when they spit on him? What did Jesus do when they punched that thorn deeper into his scalp? What did Jesus do when they beat him while he was carrying that cross? Come on, somebody hear me tonight. Somebody hear me tonight. We got to put ourselves in God's shoes, so to speak, in his sandals that he walked on in Jerusalem on those days. He gave us power to be witnesses and to view humanity the way that he sees it. That whole 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we read encourages us to be Jesus in somebody's life. Because the only way that somebody's going to get Jesus is through you, is through me. That's how we're going to win this world. That's how La Crosse County is going to turn into a revival zone because of people like you and me. Sometimes I look at the news and I see people who love to help people. And I look at them and I say to myself, wonder if that's a Christian, because I can't tell nowadays. Anybody been there? I see Christians many times, and I talk with them, and you know, maybe they're just sharing their feelings with me, but they got some rotten attitudes. I've been there. I've had a rotten attitude sometimes. I need to get fixed, and I need to see humanity through God's eyes. 
Second Corinthians 5, verse 16, the very first thing that we read, this is a different version, the NIV. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, but from a godly point of view. You see, when God started that spirit, that ministry of reconciliation, he didn't just bring us together again so we didn't have sin, Marissa. He brought us together so that we could see the same thing. So we could see the same hurting soul. So we could see the same pain that God sees when, when he came by. Because I guarantee you, when, when Jesus went by and, and he saw Mary Magdalene for the first time, he didn't see a prostitute who was not worth saving. He didn't see a demon-possessed lady that wasn't worth saving because she was so far gone. He saw a soul. He saw a soul that was in need. And he spoke that need into her life. Hallelujah for that, amen? Hallelujah for that. Anybody thankful that, that some Christian spoke into your life? That somebody spoke into you and said, hey, I love you. Hey, Jesus loves you. You're not far, so far gone that nobody cares for you anymore. I have a poem I'm going to share with you. It's, it's called The Upright and the Uptight. And it's from an unknown author, but, it, but it's been cited back in the 1975. I want you to just listen to some, some themes that are here. <clears throat> it's a little long, but I want you to take note here. How would you describe them, the beautiful people? Dirty, long hair, unwashed, good-for-nothing, communist-inspired louts? This is a poem. This isn't mine. Okay, just so you know, not my thoughts. But Peace-loving, socially responsible, politically aware members of society? Rebellious, thankless, self-centered hooligans? Sex-obsessed, pleasure-loving, work-shy, drug-addicted layabouts? Dangerous, destructive anarchists? Normal, healthy, red-blooded, hard-working kids? There are more of them than ever before. Healthier because of the balance of their diets. Wealthier because of the balance of their payments. They travel more, see more, earn more, spend more, demand more, receive more. Some of them are publicized, criticized, idolized, pressurized, analyzed. They're shouted at. They're shot at, they're spouted at, and they're spat at. They're pandered to, planned for, pleaded with, preached about. Cheering, jeering, swinging, singing, learning, burning, hippies, yippies, nudity, crudity, turning on, putting on, dropping out, making out, pot, pap, pill, hairy, scary, drug scene, teen scene, obscene, the whirling the whirling world of the restless ones. Meanwhile, back at the church, preachers preach sermons, carefully prepared, expositional, exegetical, dispensational, devotional, inspirational, and indigestible. Information leads to illustration, leads to invitation, leads to integration into congregation. Membership is increased. Deacons deke, business-like and Christ-like men running a well-oiled operation. Budget met, baptistry wet regularly. Membership is satisfied. Tithers tithe large tenths in tiny envelopes. 
faithfully, cheerfully, giving, abundantly out of balance, out of abundance, ensuring membership is comfortable. Choristers chorus, I think it's supposed to be choir people, impeccably grown and groomed with an excess of crescendos and sopranos, rousing, rising anthems, the membership is inspired. Well-dressed, well-pressed, well-blessed. Membership is dismissed. The placid world of church. There's two worlds on one planet. The wooly, the wooly, weird youth world, the calm, cool church world. The weak, wild world, and the meek and mild world. The rebelling, revolting world, the redeemed and respectable world. The out-of-sight world, and the out-of-touch world. And never the two shall, but they must meet. You see, sometimes we like to divide, and we know it's God told us that we need to be separated from the world, didn't he? But we're still in it, aren't we? There's a, and we talk, and I think the last time I was preaching, I mentioned the same exact thing, that God left us in the world for a specific reason. Our job's not done till we go home, Amen. These two worlds must meet. The people that we preach about, they got to meet us. We got to meet them. And I was talking to the youth this morning. When you take a white glove and you spread it around on the mud, does the, does the mud get glovey? Or does the, does the glove get muddy? Anybody church? People? Come on. Are we going to go out into their situations, into the bar scene, into the, into the place where sin exists? Are, are we going to go out there and not expect to get harmed by the world? You know what we can do, though? We can meet them where they're at and draw them towards a Jesus. Amen? We can draw them towards a hope worth living for. Hallelujah? We must no longer be repulsed by what we see and hear. I want to say that again. We must no longer be repulsed by what we see and hear. We got to see beyond. You know, when Jesus had dinner with the publicans, with the sinners, with the tax collectors, that was the dregs of society. Um, I don't know if you know this. Uh, you, you, you probably know this, but Matthew, the tax collector, he was worse than a dog. He was worse than a dog. Nobody cared about him. Nobody loved him. Nobody saw him for good. They only saw an evil, rebellious, not rebellious, an evil turncoat that turned in his own people. But you know what? There was a Savior that saw something else. There's a Savior that looked into Matthew's soul and said, hey, you, you come with me. I got a church I want you to run. I want you to build. I want you to grow. And all because of the hopeful call of a Savior. Matthew's life turned all the way around. We have to, you know, tonight, we have to focus on a prayer over ourselves. And that prayer is going to be something along the attitude toward sinners, the attitude toward sin 
and sinners because we can't change our attitude on sin. Can I get an amen? Sin is sin. We need to run away from that, don't we? But you know what? We got to love on those sinners. I'm reminded of a time where I got called into the principal's office as a teacher, not a student. Okay? I was telling somebody this the other day. I got called into the, te- the principal's office more as a teacher than as a student. Did you know that, Marissa? That doesn't mean I got more rebellious, just so you know. Okay? Um, but I got called in, and, and, I, and he tried to make an analogy of the situation, which just didn't quite sit. He didn't understand the point that that the situation happened where I was speaking against this uh, homosexuality, not in the classroom, but just a question that somebody had. And he didn't understand the idea of, of, of being okay with this person and being okay with and not being okay with their lifestyle. It didn't connect with him, I guess. And the, I, I, I brought up this point right here, and that was, listen, you drink, you get drunk. I'm not going to call you a drunk because you're my boss, but you're fine as a person. I'm okay with you as a person. I love you as a person. You are somebody that I, gotta, that I respect. But I'm not going to say that, I'm, that everybody should do exactly what you're doing, go around drinking, go around having drinks. There's a difference between loving the sinner and loving the sin. Come on. Come on. We can push away the sin. We can, we can speak against the sin, but you know what? We can love on people, can't we? And you know what? We must see as deeply as God sees. We got to see, we got to look, we got to smell past the stench sometimes. We got to look past the distractions, and we got to see the soul that's hurting inside and meet that need, people. A ministry of reconciliation is what God gave us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. This is one of our text verses here. Now, when we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, is what the NIV says. We are ambassadors. Since Paul experienced salvation, he felt the responsibility of bringing this truth to a lost world. That we've got Jesus in our hearts, and we got to bring that to the people. The message of reconciliation has been given to the church. That's what this scripture is telling us, that God gave us salvation when he filled us with his spirit. And you can get that same reconciliation here tonight. You can get filled with that Holy Ghost here tonight. Amen. You can get refilled with that spirit if you felt you have lost it and you've walked away. But it's been given to us. We got to know what we got to do with this. <clears throat> there's a little. There's a story about some men um, after World War II, and at the end of World War II, there was a peace treaty that was signed on the USS Missouri. But you know, some Japanese soldiers they didn't get the me- the memo. They didn't know that the war had ended. And they were, they were hiding out in the jungles, in the islands of the Pacific. And if you've ever been near the Pacific, I have not. But I've seen a map. Do you know the Pacific covers half of the globe? It's just water. It's just water. 
And if you're on one of those teeny islands somewhere in the middle of the Pacific, you might be forgotten. Especially if your government, who sent you there, just lost a war. They might not want to go get you, I guess. So there's some of these Japanese people that didn't know the war had ended, and they were hiding out in these jungles, in these islands. And with the last living one found in the early 1960s. That's 20 years after the war was declared over. They were finding some of these Japanese soldiers that were still thinking the war was going on. The remains of others who had held out have been found from time to time on the same islands. These men did not hear the news of peace being declared. And they were therefore, they lived out their lives without any hope. They were still at war. They didn't have that hope. All they could do is wait for someone to come tell them that the war was over. They had to wait for someone to come tell them the war was over. You know, through the work of Jesus at Calvary, there was a peace treaty that was signed, wasn't there? Jesus, he fought a war and he beat up death. He beat up hell. He conquered sin. Hallelujah. I thank you for that because now I can live a holy life. You can live a holy life. You can kiss all that nasty sin goodbye and conquer something else. There's a peace treaty that was signed. And how many of you can testify that a life with Jesus is a whole lot more peaceful? A whole lot more peaceful. A whole lot more worry-free. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but you know what? The terms and the terms of the peace treaty have been met. Now the world needs to hear that there's a message of reconciliation. The world needs to hear the message that, hey, there's a peace treaty that's been signed by the Jesus. So that they can experience peace and reconciliation just like these Japanese soldiers experienced it finally. Some of them, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years later, they experience peace. Because if you're a soldier, I can't speak from experience, but there's a tenseness inside of you. I can only imagine the tenseness of a soldier that is out there fighting on behalf of something, on behalf of a country, and not knowing when they're going to get shot at, when they're going to be attacked. Not knowing. But you know what? When you finally know that the war is over, I think the first thing I would do is would let my shoulders drop. Whew. Hallelujah. <laughs> no more fighting. Because, you know, war gets really weary. I can speak from spiritual war. And, you know, that spiritual war, that spiritual battle that I've, that I've faced, it gets tiring after a, a day or two, let alone years. The church has to fulfill this duty of messaging out and going out to those abandoned islands, going out to those places that says, hey, hey, I know you're in the world, but listen, let me tell you, that peace you're searching for at the bottom of the bottle, it's not there. Come here, come here. There's a spot right here at the altar that can find some peace. You can find a Savior right here. Hey, you know what? You don't need to find it here. We don't need to go to the altar. Let's lift up our hands right here, right here. Grab a hold of that Savior. You can get filled with the Holy Ghost anywhere. 
Hallelujah. You know what? You know what? This church isn't going to be able to fill the whole county. This church isn't going to be, I'll go even smaller. This church wouldn't be able to hold all the people in just, I don't know, a mile radius. I'll go even further. This one road that has no outlet, if you put all the people that lived in the houses and the apartments back here in this church, they wouldn't be able to fit them. Does that tell you the, the small scale that we're able to handle in this building? This building, the people that are able to be saved in this building, that's limited. My God is big. Come on, the song, right? Anybody know the child song? My God is big. My God is very, 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 very big. Yes, that's right, Lou. Sing it. Okay. So, what does it mean to be an ambassador? We've got to go out from this place. Hallelujah. Is anybody getting excited? I'm getting excited about the fires of revival that are stirring. I'm getting excited about the souls that will pass through here. I say pass through because I feel they're going to come here, they're going to get discipled, and they're going to have to go start a church somewhere else. They're going to go have some Bible studies somewhere else. All this is, I kind of feel sometimes that this building is a refueling station. Not just a refueling station, but a, a training depot. A training depot. Because, you know, if the salt stays in the shaker, how much usefulness is it? Come on. Does that meal taste better because that salt in the shaker is in the shaker? Sister Phoebe, when you make that, you spread that salt, don't you? Right? You're a cook, right? You throw salt on stuff, don't you? I'm a teacher. I can have cold stone silence forever. It's okay. I heard a yes. Okay, good. We'll move on now. Listen, God wants us to be ambassadors. Amen? Now, I don't know if anybody, if you were at the midwinter camp this year, um, Brother Art Wilson spoke. And I tell you what, it was an amazing experience to hear an actual ambassador talk about the roles and duties of an ambassador at the U.N., And the things he said, the authority he has was beyond me. It's like, praise the Lord that that man has been given that role. You know that God put him there. And he spoke about his his authority to go into a situation representing peace. Because his role as an ambassador, he had a long title that could have filled a whole page, I think. But it was basically a, a, a peace negotiator, a guy who, a goodwill is what it was, an ambassador of goodwill. And he would be the person that listens, that hears. And he carried authority. Listen, who's here filled with the Holy Ghost? Come on, come on, show your hands. Who here is scared of showing their hands that they're filled with the Holy Ghost? Anybody? Gotcha, your hands up. Um, Listen, you are an ambassador of Christ, Amen. You carry his blood in your veins. Or you can carry his blood in your veins tonight. I'll get a blood transfusion tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. You know, I just had a thought, but I'll keep that in my head for now. Because that's a different sermon. I've been taught that you've got to keep one sermon at a time. Right, Pastor? That's what they told me. 
Jesus sent his 12 apostles out as ambassadors. Listen to the prayer he prayed in John 17. He says, make, make them just like me. You read through that prayer. He wants us to be just like him. He sent out his 12 people with the same authority and said, hey, go disciple. In fact, he said, they're going to do more miracles and better miracles than I ever did. Anybody just read that sometimes in the Bible and say, what, wait, what, huh? You mean a person like me doing better miracles than like Jesus? Like that's God. Anybody boggled mind right there? That, shit, that messes my mind up. Like how in the world, Lord, are you, what are you doing here? But listen, Luke 9, 1 through 12, when he called his 12 disciples together, and gave them power and authority over devils and to cure diseases. Hey, look at your hand right now. Look at your hand right now. That's the hand that's going to heal people. That's the hand that's going to get devils out. You don't need to worry about those silly, stupid horror movies that say, oh, let's, ex- let's, let's ex- what's the, exterminate? exercise the devil. Hey, listen, the devil doesn't need exercising, okay? Our hands need some exercising, okay? Get these hands, these holy hands. Put these hands on a devil. Those, those devils don't, that's the exercising, right? These hands, these holy hands, that devil's going to run into those pigs, right? Jump right off that cliff. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Hallelujah. Hey, the day is here. The appointed time is now. This is the place where his people, his ambassadors, grab that hand. This is the hand of an ambassador. This hand is power in it. Hallelujah. This is going to be powerful, not because of anything that I do. Come on, somebody with me? Don't let me just yell for a bit. Come on, join in with me. Preach with me a bit, hey, man. Ambassadors represent their country. Hey, what country are you part of? Come on, what country are you part of? I'm part of the kingdom. I am proudly declaring my citizenship of the kingdom. Amen? Philippians 3.20 says our citizenship is in heaven. Amen? Our citizenship is in heaven. That word conversation in the, in the, in the King James can be translated to a community or a citizenship. Our citizenship is in heaven. This world is not my home, singing, just a passing through. Troubles are laid out, way on beyond the blue. Did I sing it right? Hallelujah. I'm singing the words wrong, so I'm moving on. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. From whence also we look for Savior and Lord. I want, you know, I want to just stop a minute. We're very quick to call him our Savior, aren't we? We're very quick to call him our Savior. People in this world are looking for saviors. They're looking for handouts, aren't they? They're looking to be saved from their rent payment. Oh, praise the Lord. Come on, amen. They're looking to be saved from their power bill. They're looking to be saved from their bills, aren't they? To the point where they'll line up at a welfare office and say, just give me, just give me, I need, I need it, I need, I need, I need my food, I need my this, I need my that. They need a savior, don't they? But the moment they have to submit to something, come on, 
submit the rules, follow the rules. Hey, he isn't just our Savior. He's our Lord. He's our Lord. And you want the benefits of having Jesus inside of you? You bow your knee. And I'm not saying this out of like a dictatorship attitude or a, or, or a rebellious attitude, but listen, you bow the knee and submit yourself to a higher authority like the Lord, he's going to take care of some things for you. Amen? Who wants the trouble of trying to figure out everything on their own? Come on. Somebody who doesn't know how to change a tire, come on, or do car business. I have no authority on being able to fix a car, Pastor Boyd. I am willing to submit to the auto mechanic and say, have your will be done, Luke, okay? Because I go over to Luke's, okay? Have your will be done. I have no idea. You can charge me whatever you want. Keep it low, though, hopefully. But I will submit to that so that he's my savior and he's my Lord. I'm speaking now of Jesus, okay, not Luke. Okay? I want Jesus to be my Savior and my Lord. And if he says to, if he says that that beard's getting a little long, I better listen to my God, amen? Or if he says, you know, stop cutting that hair, young lady, well, I better listen to that. Or if he gives me some changes in my life and says, hey, don't hang out with those friends. They're not godly. Hey, Listen, amen? Come on, preach with me, amen? amen? Hallelujah. Ambassadors are not tourists. Let me say that again. Ambassadors are not tourists. We are not here to have fun. We're not here to be entertained, church We're here for a job, a mission. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 1, verse 23 through 24 says, For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Hey, I've got a job to do. Come on, lift up that hand, that ambassador hand, and say, I've got a job to do. I've got a job to complete, to finish, and this hand's got some work to get done. The knowledge of an ambassador's home country is going to be communicated to the host country by the, say it with me, ambassador. Ambassador. It's your job to share everything that you know about your home country. Hey, where's your home country? Come on, where's your home country? Come on, point it straight up. It's the heaven, amen? It's the kingdom of God, amen? It's your job to tell people about the kingdom, to tell them what kingdom-mindedness is all about, to tell them about what a Jesus can do in their lives, amen? And this is that country that we're in right now. We're assigned a place to be an ambassador to. Some of us are assigned ambassadorship to Quick Trip. I know I am. Some of us are, in sh- are, are, are given ambassadorship to a school. Come on, any students here? You are given an ambassadorship to your school. You are given ambassadorship to your community. That neighbor next door to you, hey, 
You're an ambassador to that person. How many people do you know and touch on a daily basis? You're an ambassador in that place. We need to have knowledge of his home if we're going to share it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ambassadors always seek opportunities to display the glory of their home country. Amen? Anybody here like to say that they're proud to be an American? Or at least you know you're free? And there's some song that goes along with that, right? Hey, I'm proud of being a kingdom-minded Jesus follower. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, uh, I'll, I'll just say this about myself. I decided that I needed to fly the Christian flag at my home. So I, try, I put one in the front, I put one in the back. I want everybody to know where I stand. I want everybody to know, and I know this is physical, and it's really superficial, but I want people to know where I stand, and that's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with Jesus. And you know what? If you want to know about Jesus, this is the place to be. Hallelujah. Hey, there's people who are flamboyant about their sin, aren't they? Why can't I be flamboyant about my Jesus? Can't you share the glories of your kingdom? Can't you share the glories of your home country? Hallelujah. Hey, you got a testimony, don't you? You got a testimony. That's the glories of your kingdom. Let me tell you what happens in my country. We prayed for somebody and their cancer was gone. Woo. Do you have health care like that in your country? And how, how's your premium? My premiums for health care are praying. Woo! Works. Hallelujah. What's your retirement plan? Oh, oh several mansions over in the sky. My, re- my retirement plan is just a bunch of bricks of gold, but I don't care for them too much. I just lay them on the street as pavement. Amen. Come on, somebody get an amen. That's my country. That's what I'm proud to call home. Amen. Hallelujah. God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1, 27. I'm going to say this again. Which is Christ in you. Did you hear that? What he wants to make known unto the Gentiles, point your finger at yourself, is the Jesus that's inside of you. Yeah, you're not nothing. You're not nothing. You are something that God loves, that God put inside of you, and God wanted you to be a reflector of him, an ambassador. Hallelujah. When an ambassador speaks, it is the voice of their country. They speak for their country. What do you you speak about your country? When you speak... What do people think about Jesus? When you utter your mouth, when you show your attitude, what do people think about a Christian? What do people think about that kingdom that you come from? Because, you know, I, I hate to say this, but, but sometimes when, when President Trump runs around and runs his mouth off, I'm like, oh, boy, what did he get himself into this time? Anybody felt like that? I felt the same thing with the president before that and the one before that. I was like, oh boy, not again. I'm so glad my God doesn't get himself sick his foot in his mouth. 
That was Peter's job. He took care of that. Amen. I don't have to be the same way. I can learn from those mistakes. I can represent my kingdom. Hallelujah. Titus chapter 2, 7. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity. Ambassadors represent their country well. And I'm just going to leave it right there for you. And I'm almost done here, so if the musicians want to come, they certainly can. But like most things in life, witnessing has guidelines to it. There's a, Lou, did you know there's a good way to witness? Well, there is. There's also a bad way to witness. Did you know that? No? I've done it both ways. Right, Sister Laura? Have you done it both ways? Sometimes. Um, there's a big long list here. I want to read some of them. Here's some good do's. Ready? To be a good witness, pray. Do pray. It'll help you out. Do speak to please God. Do read your Bible. It helps you know more about your kingdom, doesn't it? Do start with positive witnesses for Christ. Hey, that Holy Ghost you got, that you received, you got a positive witness right there. Do keep things simple. Don't start out with the beasts in Revelation. That's not going to help. It's not going to help. Been there, done that, okay? Don't need to talk about them. (laughs) And if they go there, hey, redirect them somewhere else, okay? Just, you know, expert advice there. Do share your salvation experience with them. What's the biggest turn that happened in your life? Your salvation, hallelujah. That moment you spoke in a different language, you were like, whoa, something's different here. But not only that, the next morning when you knew something was different, when you had different thoughts, different attitudes, hallelujah. Do know what you believe. Come on, it goes without saying, doesn't it? Do know what you believe. Do be simple and define your terms. If there's one thing that this world nowadays is really messed up about, it's, it's conflating two different ideas. Like you can love the sinner and hate the sin. Come on, amen? Do memorize appropriate verses in, of Scripture. <laughs> Thy word have I hidden my heart, amen? That I might not sin against thee. Can I get a witness? Can I get a power witness tonight? Can I get a power witness? Amen. Amen. Do be ready to learn from the people you witness to. I made a mistake one time thinking that, hey, you came to me for a Bible study. I got all the answers until he asked some questions I didn't know. I'm not sure. Let me try to come up with an answer on the spot, Pastor Boy. No, doesn't work. Listen, you're in this struggle right along with them, amen? You're in this struggle right along with that lost person, right along with that hippie, right along with that that communist, right along with that person you, in your mind, have built up things that you don't like. Hey, God's putting those kinds of people in your life to win to Jesus. Do be patient. Can I get a witness? And do be gentle. Listen attentively. You know the best way to listen, Brother Lou? 
with your eyes. Not even kidding. The best way to listen is with your eyes. If we talk and I'm like this, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yep. You're pretty cool. What was that? We were talking about what again? Anybody done that? Come on, I've done that. You've been in a room, you wanted to go talk to somebody, and who got in your way? Another person that wanted to get to you. <laughs> yeah, is that interesting? Tell me that, again, over coffee, late, later, later. No, yes, now, right? Anybody confused? That's because do listen with your eyes. Hallelujah. It's the best way to show attention. Do answer their questions. Do ask questions. Do let them save face. Can't win an, can't, if you win an argument, you'll lose the soul. I'll guarantee you that every time. You win the argument, you're going to lose the soul. Let them save face. Do bring them, if possible, to a decision to Jesus. Do use Scripture in context. Can I get a witness? Yes. Do remember that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I got a few don'ts. Are you ready? Don't attack directly or make fun of someone. It's a bad way to make a friend, right? Don't jump from one subject to the other. Some of you are going to need some prayer right there. I'm talking to my mom. and No, I'm joking. I was going to say ladies in general, but I should stay away from that, shouldn't I? Did I say that out loud? I've done the same thing, so I'm just joking around. Don't expect too much from them. Hey, bring the gospel. Let them respond. It's not up to you to save their souls. Amen. Can we all stand? I'm almost done here. Don't lose patience. Don't have a spiritual chip on your shoulder. Don't come on too strong. Don't debate peripheral issues or doctrines. Why are you there? To see who's right about something or to get somebody right to Jesus? Don't be uptight. Don't assume. Don't argue. This is hard for me sometimes. I don't need to argue silly points. Or I don't need to argue whether or not their grandmother got saved. I don't need to argue about something and somebody's salvation. I need to get them to Jesus. Amen? I want to invite somebody to this altar right now. I want to finish with Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 through 6. And as you're making your way to the altar, I want you to think about what God is doing in your life to change the way you talk to people, the way you speak to people, the way that you interact with souls. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 and 6 says, Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. You know, a lot of us are uncomfortable speaking in front of large groups of people. A lot of us feel uncomfortable speaking in front of two or three people. But I know every single person in this room is comfortable speaking in front of your friend and sharing your heart with your friend. And if you're sensitive to the Holy Ghost, 
And if you're willing to listen to the Spirit of God in your life, and you're willing to make friends with outsiders in the effort to bring them to a Savior that has brought peace and hope into your life, you're going to bring a ministry of reconciliation into somebody's heart. And I'll do you one better. You're going to reveal Jesus in, the, in your life to them. Somebody needs to just lift up their voice here tonight. Somebody I feel here tonight needs to get a hold and realign themselves with the purpose that God has put in their lives. Come on, let's go ahead and just begin to say, to talk to our Savior here tonight. If you need the Holy Ghost, if you aren't sure what the Holy Ghost is, go ahead and tap somebody on the shoulder and ask them what it is. Go ahead and begin to just ask somebody for prayer. Ask somebody to be prayed over. Amen. Grab a hold of your God here tonight. Lay your hands on the altar. Lay your hands at his feet. Let's get a hold of our God and realize that we've got a world to win. And I'm an ambassador for Jesus tonight. Come on. We're going to be the only people, the only Jesus that somebody sees. Let's do that commitment here tonight. Let's talk to our Savior right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. 